0: My guest today on the Scholars is Elise Sluter, who joins us from New York. Elise, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Let's start off with your area of expertise. I understand it's well, it's a few things. It's composing, it's screenwriting, it's directing, it's filmmaking, it's a little bit of everything.
1: If we're talking about John Monash Foundation and the scholarship, um, I actually started off as a composer and violinist. And uh, then I became really interested in filmmaking via um, a documentary that I started uh, shooting while I was on tour with the Shaolin monks um, from China. And um, that was part of a, a physical theater show that I was involved with um, and playing violin for. So I ended up in um, uh, Dongfeng in China. Um, and started this documentary and I just really got quite obsessed with it Um, and then we we travelled, we were travelling around um, performing um, in all sorts of places and I sort of collated all this footage and then sort of started editing it and um, realised actually I really just wanted to make films (laughs) so... I applied to Columbia and I, then I applied to the Monash Foundation and I was lucky enough to um, get the scholarship and um, get into Columbia and then that's helped me sort of transition to being a filmmaker.
0: So how did you first get interested in composing, if we go back? Was that was that something that started um, very early on in life?
1: It was. Um, so I started playing the violin when I was three and um, I – you know, I just really enjoyed it and I would practice um, and I just loved the ensembles and going through um, primary school. There was just such a fantastic string program um, statewide in South Australia at that time. Um, There probably still is.
0: So South South Australia was home?
1: Yeah, it was. I grew up in Adelaide. And um, uh, then I went through Marriottville, which is a special interest music school. um, And they really encouraged us to sort of Um, you know experiment with with different styles of music Um, and so I got into composing there and then I actually moved to uh, Melbourne because I realized I didn't want to play orchestral music Um, and I studied jazz um, at the VCA.
0: You finished school and you you then moved to Melbourne?
1: Yeah I did Um, so I took uh, an undergraduate course in violin performance Um, and then as part of that I actually went Walked over to the film department one day and introduced myself because I just, I I mean, I'd not really ever thought about film as a career because we didn't ever have a video camera at home or or anything like that. But um, there was just something pulling me towards the film and TV department, so I just sort of marched over there and and just asked if anyone wanted music for their films. Um, And I was really lucky to meet, like, a great, group of filmmakers there and I got into scoring for films um and then I really sort of became quite obsessed with that and um and then I ended up going to uh, AFTRS in Sydney to study
0: um oh yeah afters, yeah
1: yeah uh so I studied uh, screen composition there um and then that sort of launched a, a, a career as a film composer for, and tv and then um what did I do then? I moved to London because I was offered a job in London. <laughs> and um, and then I worked um, for CNN and Turner Broadcasting Scoring. Um,
0: oh, what the, what the news themes and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of documentaries.
0: Breaking news.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and they were running uh, like this really short series of, um, I don't know, it was quite fabulous actually. It was like, um, you know, about inventors and, um, like in, incredible architects. And I just did all the music for all these sort of amazing little documentaries about interesting people from all over the world.
0: What was that like?
1: It was really incredible because I'd sort of come from, you know, I grew up in quite a small town and, and in Australia that, at that point anyway, we just didn't have that sort of international link, like sort of bent. Um, so I, I really loved it and it was very steady work um, um, for, you know, a long time and I also started touring a lot because um, I play violin and I got involved with um, a guy called Nitin Sawney. He's a really amazing composer and producer. Um, so I worked with him for a long time and Akram Khan, who's um, a really great choreographer and that led to working with other, you know, theatre directors and um, in that sort of space.
0: So did you always know what you wanted to do when you were going through school?
1: I always knew that I wanted to be a musician and I always knew that I wanted to create. Uh, So I, I, as I said, I didn't know that I wanted to be a filmmaker because I just didn't, we didn't have access. Um, I didn't really ever think, uh, it didn't cross my mind that you could be a film or TV director. Honestly, um, but I loved writing, and I loved drama, and I really loved scoring.
0: And were your were your parents okay with your decision to go into the creative arts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, my dad's um, my both my parents were originally teachers, and then my dad has a farm, um, and then my mum's actually a, was it was a playwright for a long time, and she has her own arts company. So I was very lucky um, that they were very understanding. <laughs> they, I think, unfortunately, I think they knew what it entailed more than what I did at that time. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if that was caring or not. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Proof will be in the pudding.
0: So you're now in New York. I can only imagine what that's been like over the last three or four months. Give us, give us a sense of what it's like being living and working in New York.
1: I mean... I, I would say I'm, it's been pretty sad, really. Like, I mean, it's a city that's really vibrant and uh, obviously I've been studying here and I've been going in and out of the university and it just sort of really had the heart and soul sapped from it. Um, but it's really bouncing back now and... Um, but I would say it's just been a, a very interesting time, a very sad time in a lot of ways, because obviously there's been a lot of people who've lost people. Um, and it's still ongoing, although New York's sort of uh, in a really good position right now. So that's um, really positive.
0: But I guess given, given the line of work that you're in, I suppose it lends itself to, a, to at least partially being able, you can work, you can work from home.
1: Yeah, work-wise, it's been fine for me because um, either, I mean, most of your life as a filmmaker is spent in development. Um, so I've just been sitting in a room as I do most of the time and <laughs> writing and sending emails and um, thinking a lot and um, throwing my head out the window when people clap um, at 7pm at, at every night and, um, and then going back and trying to write some off. Oh, was
0: that still happening?
1: Uh, no, it stopped a while ago. Sort of petered out. But um at the I mean, for a good three months there, it was um, yeah, it was a lot of clapping and that was the only time that you saw anyone really.
0: You mentioned London and now you're in New York. So the John Monash foundation process is wedged in between all of that. I'd like to know more about the application process, how that all came about, when you went through the interviews. Give us a give us a flavour of of that application process.
1: Sure. So, I actually did things probably in a, a bit of a funny sort of way. Um, I applied to Columbia, um, and it was really just uh, in the beginning. I just wanted to see whether I'd get in, actually, because I hadn't really. Um, I, did, I was just sort of, I guess t- I was a bit too scared to send what I'd written to my peers who were filmmakers and screenwriters because they were working professionally and I was, you know, I was composing for them, but I didn't really, you know, want to embarrass myself. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to apply and see if I get in. And I got in, but obviously it's really, um, it's quite prohibitive in terms of expenses and all of that sort of stuff. So um, I sort of looking up and and found the, the Monash scholarship and I applied. Um, and I don't know, right from the get-go, they were just so helpful and uh, accommodating and open as to and, and transparent as to what the process was. It was so helpful to me um, once you get fa- past that first stage, that first application stage, and you get to the first interview. Um, and I just really enjoyed that interview. Um, I, I learned a lot. Um, from preparing for it and um and then afterwards um we were all given a lot of feedback um and I I hadn't really experienced that before um and I I just found it so so helpful and then and then I really sort of tried to prepare a lot for the for the second round and obviously um that seemed to go well
0: (laughs) I think something worked
1: and uh I was lucky enough to get the scholarship,
0: and so and so. What 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 are you studying in New York?
1: So I've actually finished. I studied screenwriting and directing, um, a master of fine arts at Columbia University.
0: Columbia. You hear a lot about Columbia University. What's that like?
1: It's yeah, it's pretty great. Um, it's very full on, I would say. I mean, I, it was unlike anything. I thought that I I worked hard at um, afters, but Columbia would. It was very, it was, um, I, I would easily do a hundred hours a week. of just really just had my head down because um, the amount of work that you have to get through. Is
0: that, is that because of the, the, na- the nature of the work you were doing or you just, you really wanted to put in or a bit of both?
1: I think, I don't know. I mean, I felt like that's what it sort of needed um, to be able to do stuff well. Um, and also you're, you're making, you know, you're making films, you're learning how to make films. For me, it was also, I mean, I'd, I'd been writing a lot, but in terms of filmmaking, I had a lot to learn. Uh, so um, that was, you know, uh, it was a big transition trying to learn all the software programs and um, all the sort of technical aspects as well as um, doing the sort of screenwriting component, which really just takes up so much time.
0: For someone who has not lived or worked overseas, what's that like?
1: Sure. So I, I definitely miss the food. I really miss Australian food uh, a lot. And um, I I would say actually moving to the UK for me being an Australian was uh, a little bit uh, easier just because culturally it's, I think, we're a lot closer. There's um, a sense of humor, like a, sh- a shared sense of humor. The States Uh, especially coming here and writing because you sort of really have to um, you know what you know is what you've grown up with Uh, so I found that um, I probably learned a lot more here and just sort of really started understanding American culture in a way that I didn't in the UK because I was sort of immersed in um, in in writing and and creating stuff Um, but I would say it's You know, I guess you become a lot more open-minded and you become a lot more aware of actually what your culture is Um, because when you're just in Australia, it's like, okay, everyone's the same as me. I I don't really feel like we've we've got anything that's particularly, um, you know, that's particularly ours. Uh, But then when you go and transport yourself to somewhere else, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so different. I didn't, you know, I didn't get that that person was joking. I thought that that was, that was really serious and it wasn't um, all that sort of thing.
0: Do you think Americans understand Australians?
1: Um, I, it depends on the American, <laughs> I would say. Um, I th- look increasingly because I think, you know, especially with me, like we've got Netflix, we've got all this content and people, inc- you know, like especially in the last five years, it's just changed so much what we're watching. Um, and particularly if you're from an English-speaking country like um, Australia or New Zealand, then people are watching Australian shows here. They're watching British shows. So there's um, there's much more of an interest and an understanding than I would imagine that like even 10 years ago.
0: What about plans to come home? I mean, you're, you're sort of a little bit in limbo at the moment, aren't you, given um, the border issues and no international travel I imagine that's at some point you would you probably like to come back but it's a moment of when
1: yeah sure so we're actually meant to be back there now um but uh we're not um, due just sort of travel travel stuff so um I'm yeah I've, I've been planning to come back for the last month really so we'll see how that goes i have to check in I'll have to check in another month. See where I am.
0: So, what about the current projects that you're uh, working on, collaborating on? What are, What are some of those?
1: Sure. So, all um, oh, my current project is a short that I made at Columbia, uh, Ayan, um, and that's sort of doing the doing the festival circuit at the moment. And I'm also developing a feature um, with a producer here. Uh, Who I met through um, going through the program at Columbia, and um, I just sent. I've just been working on a TV pilot. Actually, I sent it off, so I'm waiting to hear back about that. I guess.
0: Oh yes, any any clues as to what that's about?
1: It's set in Adelaide. Well, at the moment, it's set in Adelaide. It probably might not be if it if it actually gets made um, outside of Australia. But um, it's uh, sort of loosely based on. I guess my childhood growing up and um, and some sort of characters from the Adelaide Hills region.
0: Yeah, okay. Tell me when you uh, when a, when a composer watches a movie, are you do you have your your ears finely tuned to the soundtrack? Are you listening for the violins and the cellos and that you know that soundtrack coming in?
1: So that's really interesting that you've asked me that. Actually, so five years ago, six years ago, I would have said yes. That's exactly what I focus on when I'm watching a movie. I listen to all of these things in the soundtrack. Since I've become a director, it's completely changed. And now,
0: that- <laughs> yes, tell me, tell me about that.
1: <laughs> so, I think um, you know when you move into this sort of. It's, I guess it's an overseeing position, isn't it? So it's like um, you're looking at how everything comes together um, and the overview of the project. So now it's interesting because I feel like I've gone much uh, like sort of back to this, okay, how is this telling, how is this affecting the story? How is this affecting our characters emotionally? How is that this getting us through the story? And I'm less... Um, I'm less focused on just you know what's making up the music or if, whether whether what what the instrumentation is, um, so it's just a different um, way of thinking, I guess. You know, obviously, when I am working as a composer on someone else's film, that's all I think about. Yeah, working as an act, as a filmmaker and as a director, it's just a very different process.
0: I always find, as a as a layman, someone with with no new musical background at all, if I ever watch outtakes of movies being made or movies like scenes and you see the shots with no backing music, there's no soundtrack. To me, that always just looks so strange. It's like, that can't be it. You know, there's something missing. And then, of course, you see it on the big screen. It's all being filtered and rendered and beautifully coloured and then you've got the music and you go, ah, there you go. (laughs) Do you, do, are you, do you feel the same sort of thing or not really?
1: Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Actually, there's an exercise that I do with, um, cla- uh, with uh, when I'm teaching classes um, on film music and it's to put up a scene and put different types of music to that same scene um, and then you see how the audience re- like reacts differently according to what, what music is playing under that scene. And it's just, a, I mean, and I, you know, in, in the classes I'll play like very different types of music, but um, it's a great way to really uh, understand how much, like the role that music plays in the um, sort of emotional underpinning and also the aud- audience response, um, because it's, it's how an audience is told how to view a scene.
0: Have you ever thought about working on one of the really big, um, say, uh, Hollywood blockbuster? Is that is that uh, in your wheelhouse at all? Is that uh, something you've thought about, or not really?
1: Yeah, I hope so. I'd really like to. Um, we'll see. I don't know. It's a pretty
0: <laughs> fingers crossed.
1: It's a, it's a pretty competitive um, space, but I yeah, I'd love to direct. Actually, how do you get in?
0: How do you get into that? How do you, what's what's the break you need the roll of the dice that you need to to get the you know the call from Spielberg or Christopher Nolan or you know one of these guys?
1: Sure. Um, so it seems like at the moment the the way into doing that is to make your feature film, um, and then that that feature film is what you know you sort of presenting yours, yourself to the world as. Um, and the way to get a feature film up of course is to make short films so I'm at the short film level and then hopefully the next um, you know the next thing that I'm working on right now is, is is the feature script and that that will get made and then that sort of propels you to bigger uh, budget films
0: right okay so that's sort of the the underlying strategic pathway <laughs> if, if there is if there is such a thing
1: yeah. <laughs> um uh that's so that's for for filmmaking for independent filmmaking and then of course in the states there's just such a huge tv industry um so
0: well that's changed so much now like you know with you mentioned before like the streaming services you've got you've got feature movies that just bypass the cinemas altogether and end up you know on netflix or stan or amazon that's that's i mean everything's changed hasn't it
1: yeah it is and it's changing i i mean it's even changing just from uh covid i would say the landscape's changed a lot just in terms of um i think mulan's being um released on on disney plus um which is you know that's huge it'll be really interesting to see how that goes i'm sure it will go really well um but it, it's a very interesting time, I would say, um, just in terms of di- distribution, and also over the last few years, um, you know, like films had to used to need to be released uh, at the box office or like in, a, in an actual movie theater, um, and you know, there's sort of uh, has been a little bit of disruption, uh, well, a lot of disruption from the streaming services like Netflix, who are commissioning films. Um, I think ok- Okja. A few years ago was um, a really interesting example of uh, being shown at a major film festival that was shown at Cannes and um, how, you know, it's not, I mean, there's a move to, to not have films released at theatres, um, so streaming films, just to be able to also compete at those festivals.
0: When you're um, thinking about ideas for, say, a, a short film or a film or like, or even music, where, where, where do you get that inspiration from? Where do you get your ideas from to get started?
1: So I often, I, I read a lot, actually, um, like news articles. Um, and I sort of keep a stash. I sort of email stories that I find interesting to myself. Um, and then at the end of every month.
0: <laughs> hey, you should read this.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm like, hi, Elise. Here's, um, here's this article that... I- you found really interesting and um and then at the end of each month I sort of go through it and then um like bookmark ones that I I, that you know I'm still thinking about um and that's how Ayan came about it's also how another feature I wrote came about um and then obviously I sort of use that general idea and then um Uh, I mean, obviously, as you're writing it, you're you're having to sort of meld personal experience or, you know, characters that you know in with um, that sort of world. At least that's how I sort of work at the moment. Um, It might be different the sort of the further I I get down the track um, and to sort of have to, to, you know, be commissioned to be writing um, stuff on spec or in worlds that I'm not entirely familiar with.
0: What's your advice to other young composers, or young filmmakers, scriptwriters, directors out there who are just getting started in the industry? What uh, words of wisdom, if anything, can you provide to them?
1: Uh, I would just say keep making stuff. Uh, it doesn't you know? It doesn't matter if it doesn't uh, go anywhere. That if you know that that's what you want to do, especially with making films, just keep making them. You don't need to spend a lot of money on them. But you need to practice and just work out what you want to say and work out your visual language and all of that sort of thing um, only comes from just constantly doing it. Um, and yeah, so I know it sounds it sounds really simplistic, but in terms of making films, you just really need to just keep making them.
0: Elise Sluter from New York. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. We wish you well in the future, and thank you so much for joining us today on The Scholars.
1: Thanks so much, Justin. It was a pleasure to talk to you.